Hey y'all, welcome to the Wonderfully Spoken Podcast. My name is Ray, and I'm here to discuss the good, the bad, and the taboo that come with the pursuit of godly womanhood. This includes struggles with lust, modesty, submission, and overall purpose. So turn up your volume and settle in because we're going deeper than Proverbs 31. S-E-X, take a deep breath. Them Christians gonna go crazy when they find out that we're talking about it. Comment down below if you know the song that I'm referencing and the artist. I promise not to sing in every episode, but that was just very fitting. I really couldn't help myself. Now that I've exposed my singing voice, let's get into the actual topic for today. Disclaimer, today's episode is not intended for children. However, Proverbs 22 and 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. While I do not encourage tainting the innocence of children's minds, I implore you to take an active role in learning what your kids may or may not be exposed to via media, society, friends, or even family members. In an ideal world, this would not even be a discussion. But unfortunately, the world has gross plans to teach children about adult things and expose them to sexuality far too soon. It's our job as parents and servants of the Lord to protect the children. Sometimes that means teaching them at a very high level a small idea or concept before the world gets to them and tries to feed them twisted versions of the truth. Okay, so let's start out by defining what lust actually is. And we're going to be using Merriam-Webster Dictionary today because... The online Oxford Dictionary apparently requires a subscription. Okay, so Merriam-Webster defines lust as usually intense or unbridled sexual desire. I didn't know what unbridled meant, so I looked that up too. And basically, unbridled means uncontrolled. So lust is uncontrolled sexual desire. And with that in mind, let's go ahead and talk about some truths in relation to sex. The first one being that it's a gift from God and he is the creator and originator of sex. So it's a good thing. God doesn't give us bad gifts. It's a good thing. The issue is that the world has tainted and perverted it so far beyond what God defined it to be. And we're not going to just take my word for this. We're going to go to Mark 10, verses 6 to 9, to look at the definition of sex that is permissible by the Lord. So, Mark chapter 10, verse 6 to 9 reads, But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. Asunder means to separate or tear apart. So there we have it, the definition 
for marriage. I'm reading from the King James Version. Um, that's just the, my version of choice. I feel like a lot of things are lost in the more modern translations. And so I just go ahead and pick up my dictionary when I'm studying the word. Um, but I digress. And hopefully I stop saying um. <laughs> okay, so let's break that down a little bit. So God made male and female. And they twain. Twain means, you know, like intertwine, like connect. This biblical standards is still upheld today and I'm in the United States so of course I'm going to be speaking from the United States perspective but a marriage in the USA has to be consummated which means basically the deal is sealed through the act of sex between the bride and the groom. So there we have it, the definition of marriage and the basis for who's allowed to have sex together. The man and woman that are husband and wife of one another. Um, and people who are married right now and listening to this or about to be married, don't try to be slick. Don't think you can be like the movie Hall Pass and swap spouses or let them go and sleep with someone else just to spice things up because that is by definition adultery. Merriam-Webster defines the adulterer as someone who partakes in voluntary sexual intercourse between a married person and someone other than that person's current spouse. It also says or partner but biblically biblically spouse is the only part that applies because God says in his word that you have to be married in order to have sex with the person that you are married to. There's no way around it. And then just for good measure, Hebrews 13 and 4 reads, Marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. I'm just saying. And I'm also here to remind my single people out there what single is if you have a boyfriend that's not a husband you are still single if you have a fiance that is not a husband slash wife you are still single if you are getting ready to walk down the aisle as the bride as the groom you are still single until you first Stand before God and make those vows. You gotta, at least in America, you have to sign the marriage license and then you have to consummate the marriage. That is the sealing of the deal, of the contract of the covenant. That is the part that says to become one, to flesh become one, because sex is the pinnacle of intimacy and your bodies literally intertwine so remember married is married boyfriend and girlfriend not husband and wife not married fiancés not husband and wife you are not married bride and groom resist the temptation you made it this far 
go ahead and say your vows, sign the marriage certificate, and then you can get it on and popping. But until then, you are not married, and that is a sin in God's eyes for you to have any type of sex. I'm just saying. I just want to reiterate and make it clear, make it plain, because some people genuinely do have questions, and other people, they just want to test the waters. They want to try it out. Um, and I'm just here to lovingly remind you, don't do it. <laughs> because here's the kicker. Sex outside of God's will is not fulfilling. And I'm saying this from experience of one side. I'm still single, so I don't know what it's like to be married or to have married sex, but I imagine that it's going to be phenomenal because it's a gift from God. So I expect nothing less. But also speaking from a perspective of someone who has fallen into that sin, like you think it's good and then you're like, mm, here comes the guilt and shame because I disobeyed God's word. You will keep chasing the high of tasting that forbidden fruit and you're only going to be met with guilt and shame. Um... Yeah, so just take my word for it, please. I know that's like so commonly said, hey, don't have sex before marriage. But honestly, most of the time, especially in certain cultures, like in black culture, they say don't have sex before you get married. Because at least for girls, they don't want you to get pregnant. They want you to graduate school and get a job. But that's about it. So that's part of why I started off defining how God wants marriage and sex to look. Because they don't tell you that when you're growing up. Most people don't talk about how it's a good gift and how when you wait and you value it, it is better. And you're, you're avoiding a lot of strife and pain. And soul ties, and I'm not even getting into soul ties today in this episode. The Lord didn't lead me there. But um, for my former hot girls out there, anything with sex in the name is obviously sex. So don't do it. I don't care how tempted you are. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care because I've been there. And I know. But you can make it to the other side, boo. You can do it. You just got to let go and let God and flee that temptation. It's doable. I'm not going to say that it's easy. But I'm going to let you know that it's doable. And God did not call you to be going through the motions fully dressed either. That is a slippery slope. You are supposed to stay away. You are supposed to flee. You don't lean that close to danger and expect not to get hurt so i said before briefly that unfortunately i fell and i did not make it to waiting till marriage and that's why i said this episode was going to be a little uncomfortable if not a lot because the lord wants me to share about my experience and my prayer is that it can help other people that are traveling down this path they notice these trends so 
here's the story of my first and only relationship. I did not date anyone until college. I was 18. No, I was 19. I was 19 years old. It was my sophomore year of college. And I started dating someone who looked great on the outside. That's not just, you know, physical attraction, but personality and involvement and things like that. And seemed like a pretty stand-up person. But on the inside, he was not what the Bible defines as a godly man. He was not giving Ephesians 5. And I wasn't given Proverbs 31. I wasn't given anything except for, yeah, I love God and I go to church. Like, it was very much going through the motions and just religion for me at that point. And for him, he was basing his faith off of the fact that when he was home, away from school, he would go to church. Each time we participated in sexual sin, I felt so guilty. And it was like, oh, this is nice. But I couldn't even enjoy it because in the back of my mind, I'm like, God is so disappointed right now. And I want to pause the story to say, like, who wants that? Like, it's not all that it's cracked up to be. And I know it's easier to say that after having been there. But who wants that? Like, you want to be present completely in the moment. And the only way to be present completely in the moment is to know that you've earned that moment. So back to the story. We obviously are not together anymore. Um, And I've been... I'm trying to not say single season because that's like such a cringy Christian term. But when that relationship ended, I did not enter another relationship. And that's not to say that I did not deal with lust after that because once you open that door to sexual sin, like it is a monstrous thing to conquer because it's something that our flesh desires and that we were created for. But, like, that is an appetite that can only be controlled through fasting. I can't even give you any other advice except for to say through fasting. You have to die to your flesh to stop being a slave to sexual sin and lustful desires. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, And so, yeah, we had dated for... A little over a year and just as quickly as everything sparked up it burned out real fast and it was just so heartbreaking because I had taken so much pride in the fact that I made it to 16 17 18 19 without having any type of sex and then I like was so head over heels for this person that I let that guard down and we're not together. However, the Lord gives grace. And so if you find yourself in a situation like that, you can turn it around. God can turn it around. If you find yourself going down a path like that where you keep crossing lines that you told yourself you wouldn't cross, then honestly, not even going to sugarcoat it, you need to break up with that person. You need to end that relationship. You need to 
not cut the person off, but y'all need to be in public spaces only and only like talk when you see each other or something because sexting is a thing. Like there's just so many different avenues to fall into sexual sin. But the second half of my testimony is since since then like i still like i still did struggle with lust with sexual sin with what i'm going to call the m word with desires like they always say that it's men that you know look with their eyes and everything but women do too like i used to be the first person to make a sexual joke I used to be the first person to tell one of my sisters or my best friend, like, girl, look at that. Like, yes, chef's kiss, like crazy. I would talk crazy, especially after like that relationship that I was in. And God had to nip, uh, and God had to nip that in the butt because it's not right. Like that's somebody else's husband. If it's not my husband, that's somebody else's husband. That is somebody else's person. And I don't need to be looking at them like that. And even if that person that I'm looking at is called into singleness for their life, like called to celibacy, that's not my husband. I don't need to be looking at him like that. I don't need to be entertaining sinful thoughts like that. And so I had to reevaluate. So naturally, the next thing that we're going to talk about is some tips for how to fight sexual desire aka lust aka the root of sexual sin this next part is definitely for you if you find yourself being bombarded with lustful thoughts or even falling into sexual sin here is some of the things that i did and some of the things that i would recommend to anyone that is struggling with sexual sin, lust, desire, things like that. If I did it, you can do it too. Because I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, we serve the same God. The Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Everlasting Father, Alpha and Omega. And if you don't, I highly recommend that you do and you give yourself give your life to the Lord. First and foremost, seek the Lord in prayer on how because he knows your situation better than I do. Everybody's situation, everybody's story is different. Part of my deal was that I was sexually abused as a child. So there were some demons there. There were some spirits there that attached themselves to me. And I have since been delivered. And, um... strongholds are no joke um wow thank you jesus lord i pray to you that helps someone second you need to make your flesh know who's boss and when i say who's boss that is not you that's jesus that is the lord god tell your body no fast turn your plate over God sees the sacrifice and he honors it. 
My personal favorite verse about this is Matthew 17 and 21, which reads, How be it this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. And for context, that's like when they were trying to bring someone through deliverance and cast out demons from this person, but they were having trouble and they asked Jesus for help. Like I said, I struggled with wounds from sexual abuse. And so I had to do a lot of prayer and fasting so that I could be delivered from those perverted demons. Like, um, But overall, fasting will help you live by the spirit. Sex is a desire. It's an instinct of the flesh. Yes, there are spiritual aspects of it, but... Our bodies, aka our flesh, are what brings us to want sex. When you start fasting and getting used to fasting, you'll notice a difference in your spiritual life and your spiritual walk. Um, you'll probably start to hear God more and your spiritual discernment will increase because you're learning how to deny your flesh. An example I'll give before I read a quick section of scripture is um, before I started fasting a lot, I would feel my stomach growl and be like, oh, I'm hungry and stop what I'm doing and go eat. Like it didn't matter what I was doing. I'd be like, let me go and do this. That was me letting my body run me like it didn't matter how important the thing was i'd be like oh i gotta go get some food but now like if i'm in the middle of something especially if i'm like in the middle of prayer or i'm taking notes for a podcast and my stomach starts to growl like okay that has to wait and that's just a small example but i am going to read from galatians 5 and 16 up to verse 25 this i say then start over this i say then walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary the one to the other so that ye cannot do the things that ye would but if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh, with the affections and lusts. If we live in the spirit, 
let us also walk in the spirit. So for that scripture, for all scriptures, really, pray for God to give you understanding of it. But for the purpose of this episode and the importance of like learning to embrace the spirit, the spirit of God, um, I'm going to give a little synopsis or summary. That passage is really talking about how the spirit and the flesh disagree with each other and their fruits are different from one another. Overall, the flesh is self-seeking. It's it's selfish. And the spirit is not. When you walk in the spirit, it'll be a lot easier because you'll start to notice triggers. And when you notice triggers, you can cut them out. Like one of the fruits of the spirit is temperance. So I use the hunger example. I'll use one again because we're talking about fasting as well. Merriam-Webster says the definition of temperance is moderation in action, thought, or feeling. So if I'm hungry, am I going to just go and eat until my stomach can't take it anymore? Like until my belly is tight? Or am I going to eat slowly and make sure that I'm not overeating? I just eat until I feel satisfied that's temperance it's like not overindulging the opposite of temperance is gluttony so that's just some scripture to back up the fact that it's really good to walk in the spirit and the best way that you can practice walking in the spirit and learning to do that is to deny yourself of food flesh your carnal desires and also when you develop that level of discipline, it's going to be so much easier to deny yourself of the carnal desire of sex. Because if you ain't married, you shouldn't be having sex. One of the biggest things for me was redefining what I allowed myself to listen to. Music was is and probably always will be a huge part of my life. I'm a musician. I sing. I write music. All of that. And I had some bangers on my Spotify, like playlists, songs, everything. But when I would listen to the lyrics, I'm like, "Mm, this makes me miss my ex. Ooh, this makes me want to go do this with this person. And I'm the type of person that will reference a song or a TV show quote wherever it fits in, according to me. So if I think it fits, I'm going to make the reference. Hence the start of this podcast episode. So if I saw a woman and she was like really thick, like one of my best friends like was built like Mrs. Incredible. And so I would sing like song lyrics about thick women when I would see her sometimes. I'm like, hey girl, I'm like, 
It's like bad thing. Fine as thick as oh my god, that's my baby. When I would see my best friend, I would say that sometimes, like even if it was just like in my head. And that is the kind of thing that would have me thinking lustfully, like not lusting after my best friend, but just like, you know, I was constantly thinking about the the sexual side of things, making innuendos and all of this stuff. Like I had it bad. I would be like, like, I don't know. I can't think of any other examples, which I'm honestly grateful for right now, because that means that I haven't done it in that long that I'm out of practice and, you know, but yeah, I like had to completely revamp my Spotify and change a lot of the music that I was listening to and ingesting spiritually. But that's not the only media that I had to check. I went on a massive unfollow spree on my social media because people like to post naked pictures or like basically naked pictures and I wasn't trying to see that especially when I'm trying to stop being so lustful even like gym inspiration accounts I had to like filter out and pretty much scratch them all off of my list because People like to post naked pictures. Like, I understand that you're proud of your body transformation, but I don't need to see nobody's thong in their butt. And I definitely do not need to see some muscular tall guy in gray sweatpants. Like, that is not good for me to see because that's planting seeds of (laughs) thoughts that I shouldn't be having. So, um, let's see. So, based on that experience, I'm gonna give your based on my experience, here's some questions that you guys can ask yourself about the media that you're ingesting. Is your music filled with explicit language and or sexual innuendos or even just the videos? Does your timeline get plastered with like half-naked bodies or sexual dancing, twerking, grinding, things like that? Is your gym inspiration account really serving your goals or is it serving your lustful appetite? And like I said, my answer to some of these was no for a long, long time until like recently for some things even like it took me forever to unfollow the gym accounts because like that's my that's I'm in my get healthy get right season and I'm like but I need to know I need to know how this person is lifting and what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong I can look it up on Pinterest I don't have to see people's Instagram model bodies um simply put movies music socials what do they look like because whatever is going in your eyes and your ears definitely influences your thoughts and actions and if that is not good stuff that is going in 
you're more likely to fall into sexual sin. Sexual immorality is a big, big problem. And the church is not excluded from being a part of that problem. I think one of the biggest ways to turn things around is to be open and honest. Having these conversations is an important step to take toward the right direction where we don't view sex as something that's forbidden but instead as something that is sacred so that we value it more and actually want to wait till marriage no matter how tempting it may be until we get to that point if we get to that point so that's all i have to say for now at least just a reminder that you can be freed from lust and sexual sin, sexual desire, sexual immorality, but that requires you to seek the Lord about it. And the first step that I would take is prayer. If you would like to receive prayer, then please either comment down below or send me an email. You can also message me on Instagram. If I can link it, I'm going to link both Instagrams in this episode. But if I can't link it, then the same spelling of the podcast name is the spelling for the podcast's Instagram. And my personal Instagram is wonderfully made with the same spelling of wonderfully. If I haven't explained already, it is a spin on my name because my name is Derasia, but I go by Ray. If you want prayer, please do not hesitate to reach out. Like I said, I've been there. I've been in your shoes and fortunately, God has brought me through to the other side. Not all the way to marriage, but one day we'll get there. <laughs> um, but it's possible and I definitely want to encourage any and everyone who is struggling or even just wondering maybe maybe you're younger and you're starting to see that you have a sexual appetite which is okay but you're not supposed to act on it yet and so my first line of defense is always prayer and then after that like seek help through leadership if you don't have leadership um, try to find some, but until then, you can also fast and just find other things to do to get your mind off of whatever is tempting you sexually. So, thank you so very much for tuning in to this episode. It's been a long time in the making, but we finally got it done, and I really hope that this encourages someone to start seeking help or to even help others if this is not something that you struggle with and god bless you if it's not because woo. <laughs> well that's it for this episode i pray that it was encouraging to you and if you feel led then share it with someone else that you think could benefit from hearing the things that i've said today as always be blessed and i hope to have you back for my next episode